Hello and welcome to Live or Just Blethering, a podcast where two thirty-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host Chris Lavender. Today in our Live or Just Blethering, Lav and I count down our top five albums covered this year. Hello, Keith, and a very Merry Christmas to you. Dan, 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 Dan. Oh, nope, better not do that song. There was a pedo on that one. <laughs> pedo watch. Pedo. That's a joke. I just stole that completely from another podcast. But um, for anyone who doesn't know, that was the Top of the Pops theme tune. And we, we don't talk about Top of the Pops in the UK anymore. We're not allowed to. It's banned. Or it should very be. Very much so. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Lav. We're doing... What is this? Rewind, wrapped, roundup, in review? In review, I think. EOGB in review. We're going to have a, good. a wee chat about basically the, it's not the first full year of the podcast. We started releasing episodes in April, but it's the first 2021 was the first year the podcast was incepted. And here we are 30 episodes later. Let's have a chat about it. Very much so. What a time to start a podcast when everyone else was losing their mind in lockdowns and flooded the market with uh, other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a generally saturated medium. We thought we would just throw our shit under the pile as well. Why not? Let's just join in. Let's. Yeah, man, I've had a great time doing this. We've, we've we could have been more regular, but life happened this year. We did a lot of life this year, didn't we? You, you, you especially. You did. Oh, you I'm did the big life for this one. You did the big life for this year. I'm sorry, thanks very much. Well done. Congratulations, be proud of it. But hey, if you're new to the podcast, this is probably a good episode to get involved in because we're going to go back over some, we're going to recommend some episodes. And uh, if, if you are a returning listener, thank you very much. And I hope you've, uh, I hope you've enjoyed AOGB in 2021. Yeah, don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist, Alive or Just Blethering, the playlist. Link is going to be regularly shared on our Instagram, so check it out where we have handpicked our not necessarily favourite songs, but some of the you know some handpicked cuts directly from the the belly of these albums that we've talked about. Maybe there's some hidden gems in there. We've not necessarily gone for all the singles. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a better one that we thought they didn't release. So that's on the playlist. It's also available in the link tree if you don't want to wait for us to share the, the post. I did that and never told Lav. That's great. Fantastic. Why <laughs> didn't I think about that? <laughs> I got you back, man. I got you back. Oh, I sound. Um, I have been updating the Twitter feed. Uh, so anyone who has joined us from Twitter, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I, I am logged in. I don't get notified, but I am logged in. So I might get back to you one day. Who knows? But yes, without further ado, let's roll in with 2021's releases which we're gonna let's start from the back and we'll work our way forward oh yeah you can't you can't go to the good stuff straight away i mean exactly. you can't just you can't just dump the goods with the first one and then we, we have to unfortunately tease the listeners so let, let's te- let's let's do the biggest tease of them all and give a few honorable mentions the ones that aren't aren't in the list but you know what if the sun was shining in a certain direction or the wind blowing in in a certain way, you might just think that that one might top it. So, Keith, take me, give me, give me a couple of your honorable honorable mentions that aren't in your top five. 
sure, I'm going to start off with Papa Roach, uh, episode two. I really enjoyed sort of going back and, and listening to that album. I'd sort of lost a lot for Papa Roach over the years. They, they went in a very different direction, but I think Infest stands as an absolute gem of an album. And I don't know, I, I went quite hard into that album and, and found a few good articles on it and sort of rediscovered a lot of the lyrical meaning on it. So yeah, I, I definitely want to give Infest by Papa Roach a shout. It's not made it to the top five, but banger of an album. Interesting. It's not in, in either of my, my honourable mentions on my top five, but it's certainly one that I actually have a newfound respect for since discovering how similar 18 Visions <laughs> took them on. It's like, oh, they influenced something that I listened to later on. Because in, in, I suppose in in my head, I was like, what did what did they influence that I listened to now? And I couldn't think of anything, but then listening to 18 Visions, which I quite enjoyed, uh, that was... I was like, oh, they, they really went hard on the Papa Roach look in about 2004. Did we, did 18 Visions go hard on the look or did Papa Roach go hard on the look after 18 Visions? I definitely was 18 Visions looking like them because Papa Roach had that look about 2002 when it when they did She Loves Me Not and all that stuff, was it not? I thought we covered this and I thought we disagreed there. We may have to disagree on it, but either way, it, it actually made me realise that there isn't too much different between the um you know the, the new metal band Papa Roach and the sort of hardcore melodic hardcore band the 18 visions i think the two of them shared a lot of similarities in their in their glam in their look and their aesthetic so yeah good good bands and definitely a, a certainly a, a reasonable honorable mention thank you very much do you want to hit us with one of yours uh mine was uh, I'll, I'll give you two that you suggested certainly um Incubus's Morning View. Great album. Again, this is this is probably of of all the albums we've discussed. This was probably one that I listened to the most recent. I listened to this album by choice without having to be forced <laughs> down my throat or down my ears by a by a, in a week's podcast listening. So, yeah, Incubus are one of those bands that I saw sort of dabble in on occasion. But another one that I'd never heard of. I'd never heard of them until you brought them in. Was uh, DJ Format with music yes. for the Metro Boy? Good times. Uh, great, and and again, it was. It's nice to just learn about a new, not a new genre. Hip. There's nothing new about hip hop, but listening to an album that was released twenty years ago and it feeling fresh and feeling new and feeling still relevant in some way and and. Certainly had a nostalgic feel when you listened to like because I did listen to sort of similar artists like Roots Maneuver and things, so it was, it was a nice callback and it was very refreshing to go through that. Cool man, cool. I've also got Rise Against, very recently covered, only episode twenty six. The reason I've not gone for that in my sort of top five is because I still actively listen to that album. Songs of the Siren Culture is just, is just one of those albums that I, I circulate a little bit like Morning View as well. That, it might be in a list of top albums, but it's not necessarily in a list of the top albums that we've covered. So yeah. while while a great album is still something I actively listen to, so I didn't think it was right to, to cover it. No, it's this. Safe. Totally. And f- my final honourable mention came only an episode later, in episode 27, where we discussed Sixth. I'm really surprised by that, because... Honestly, I'm, me too. Me too. <laughs> I, th- I think for, for a bit of background to, to the, the fans, I, I've mentioned sixth to keith 
on more than one occasion in in listening as I went sharing links to songs and things. And I definitely have a, a very strong memory of, of you being very anti-sixth, or at least... Like, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm a fan of Sixth, but I think I have to respect the album. Lovely. You know, they obviously tried something at the time. What, what was it, 2002? 2003, 2003, yeah. 2003, that album came out. I still, on the occasional moment, will find myself just going, Diplo, Diplo. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he called these rivers streets. You know, it's... You know, pretty much off the back of that one song, but no, no, the the whole album, not necessarily my cup of tea for, in later iterations potentially, but I just thought, fuck it, you know, it, it it was a laugh. It still does come through my head quite a lot, and and that's that's the power of that album. If 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 it's catchy, if it's memorable, if there's hooks in there, if you can, if if it stays with you, then it's got something to it, right? So definitely, notable mention to Papa Roach, Rise Against, and Sixth. My last normal mention is POD Satellite. Um, Satellite! I have to be honest, when I first mentioned it, I think I said it at the end of the Limp Bizkit episode. And mm-hmm. it's 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 upon seeing it, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to listen to this album. There was this sort of like, oh, like dread. Of, of the, sort of, just, I hadn't, I couldn't remember the album at all. And I just had this very negative sort of connotation in my head for for absolutely unknown reasons. And then it wasn't until listening to it, I was like, I really enjoy this. This is flowing on my brain. And then Guitarist Diamor comes on. Guitarist Diamor. This is great. I I can listen to this. Totally fine. So yeah, that was was my honorable mentions there. So Incubus, DJ Format, and POD. Thank you for being great albums. Yeah, genuinely, genuinely good albums there. Some some, some great music, uh, some great memories, and the likes of Papa Roach and Rise Against, and of course, some good some good bats on the episodes. Indeed, indeed. So, running into the all important top five. Running, running, run, running. Oh no, that's Black Eyed Peas, isn't it? Woohoo! <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's the next. It's the next part of that song. Is it? Get retarded. You never heard that version of the song, I bet. That was the original. I, th- I, th- I have a real... This is a, this is a side swipe. Oh, not off. <laughs> I I fucking hate the Black Eyed Peas, man. Yeah, no, me too. Like, I, ge- I genuinely look... Does anyone remember the Black Eyed Peas when they were just a three-piece? They, they used to be like a genuinely okay hip-hop band, didn't they? Right. So before Fergie came along... They, it was just the three guys. And I have, I can't remember the name of the song, so, you know, clearly didn't make that much of an impact on me. But I have a, a memory of a video, and, like, the video's shot in reverse. The right. guys are, like, doing everything in reverse. They're, they're taking clothes off, or they're wearing clothes in reverse, and they're rapping in reverse. And I remember that being a good song at the time. I have no idea how long ago that was. This is clearly just, like, an MTV memory, etc. Yeah. And then... X number of years later, they're back with a female vocalist and they're like the biggest band in the planet. And I'm like, oh, that's what selling out is. <laughs> Taking on a different vocalist and you, you know, that's entirely. like, 
and we've we've talked about selling out on the pod numerous times before. We kind of don't like the phrase, but the guys went from, in my opinion, or my faded memory, like a genuine like urban hip hop act into just an absolute massive pop fest. And I thought that was kind of sad to see. My reason. I'm sure they don't give a fuck because they're rich as shit. Yeah, exactly. But my reasons for disliking the Black Eyed Peas is nothing to do with their history i was i was aware of them um it was the song let's get it let's get it started which is what it got turned into to make it radio friendly but it was originally called let's get retarded they have a song that the the probably their most would i say their most famous song i've got a feeling yeah that song or where is the love that was a sort of that reminds me of oh the, yeah the, no that sort of came out, and that had the um, the that, that sort of that that was a sort of first vocalist, or sort of first vocal for Fergie, and then it had Justin Timberlake on it. All right, you you're you're very very acutely aware of the Black Eyed Peas, mate. Uh, Look, if you're gonna hate them, know who you're gonna hate. All right. <laughs> so the reason I dislike them so much is corporate parties, <laughs> right? Going to going to your works do. Every every January, there was always a video. There was always like a here's a bunch of pictures of the year in in you know let's 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 look over the the events that took place at, at our office, and it was always for about five or six years running, to the backing track of I've got a feeling, yeah. and I was like, come on, mate, there's an, there's other songs you could have picked. I would have I would have taken an Ed Sheeran song. I would have taken. You know Adele or anything, but nope. Every year for pretty much a decade, we got. I've got a feeling. Every fucking time, and then it was, and when the awards were being given out, the dude, 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 dude. It's just so corporate and pristine. I hate it. I absolutely hate that song. Yeah, I'm just just on on something here actually. So they they, they were sort of. Went from 95 to 2001. 2002 was the addition of Fergie. I've just read off of a, a little-known website called Wikipedia that in 2002, Nicole Scherzinger auditioned for the band, but it was Fergie that was chosen. That just kills me even more because Scher- Nicole Scherzinger is another celebrity I don't particularly like who just seems to be famous for being famous. Like She was a singer. Pussycat dolls and oh, I'm sure she's incredibly talented. Blah blah blah. But like, Pussycat dolls were just made to sell songs, and then she's just been a celebrity ever since. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've again, I, I'm totally indifferent on that one because I have zero knowledge. Like you said, like, you have to know, know the people you hate. Exactly. I don't know why we've gone into Black Eyed Peas and slamming two clearly talented people on this little podcast <laughs> but hey let's get back to the top five shall we moving on so keith <laughs> give me your number five what was your what what's the one that you would put in that coveted coming spot? in at number five from episode way way back number zero one on the 29th of april lincoln park hybrid theory good choice the uh, I mean we I literally just spoke about you know Rise Against and and whatever still being like an album and 
in circulation for me. Linkin Park is also a band still in circulation for me. I, I sort of maybe lean towards some of the later albums. But Hybrid Theory is such an emotional album for me because, you know, it was one of my first, I talked about it on the episode, one of my first sort of rock metal alternative CDs that I bought. I had a pierced lip in the centre because of Chester. Feel you. Like very heavily influential on me. And of course we, we lost Chester as well. So Linkin Park will always hold a very special place in my heart. And we come, you know, we started with, with Hybrid Theory. So yeah, it's still an absolute amazing album and, and still rings very true to me today. So number five for me for the in review, Hybrid Theory, Linkin Park. Excellent choice. Yeah. I think that is that's a solid a solid pick and some good good description of, of why it's uh being pipped in that position. So yeah, thank you I, for sharing. I even that. remember being a bit pissed off that uh, you did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I was a bit upset that like you, you took it and I was like, Oh, alright, I, I don't want to do Lincoln Park. Oh, I'll just go fuck myself, man. Thanks very much. But uh, no, it was a it was a great episode. You 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 totally went on it for us and sort of I rem- I still rem- to this day remember the sort of story about Brad sort of working for the the A&R guy and and getting his band in there. So as much as Brad's the butt of a lot of Linkin Park jokes... It's the headphones. It's absolutely the headphones. But he grafted and he got the band a foothold and they took it from there. So good on him. Yeah. I think one one of one big thanks that we need to give on this episode, uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, Wikipedia. Genuinely, we, we'd be nothing without you. Oh, God. Not a goddamn thing. Yeah. Peek behind the curtain. Spoilers. <laughs> we recycled Wikipedia articles. Hey, got to find it somewhere. The odd article from a from some you know loud wire or something makes it in around the way. A couple of interviews, a YouTube video here and there doesn't hurt, but yeah, Wikipedia settles it. Absolutely. What about your number five, the love? So at number five, I have I deliberated on this one. I'm not gonna lie, I was. On the fence. I to think you deliberated on them all. Obviously, but there was this one. This one was a fence. There was a. There was two, and it was between POD, and the one I went for was Muse: Origin of Symmetry, Episode Six. Right. Cool. And the only reason I went for this one is because this was an album I was acutely aware of as a as a teenager. I listened to the next album, Absolution, quite a bit, but I'd mm-hmm. never really given the time of day to Origin of Symmetry, other than, what, newborn and plug-in baby, basically. Yeah, sure. So to finally give it that opportunity to, you know, listen to it from end to end, and it was right at the time they'd released the 20-year anniversary edition. Right on the on the money, wasn't it? Because we uh, we got Citizen Erased around about the time we recorded it. Yeah, it was beautiful. And that was just great timing, because it, it made me appreciate that remaster even more and, and realize the you know the, the work that had gone into to improving that and and re-recording or remixing whatever they want to call it so yeah uh, that one because i feel like there are songs on there like citizen erased if you'd asked me before we'd recorded episode six about that song i wouldn't even have a clue it existed and yet and now i do and now it's one that i would possibly have on a playlist yeah totally there's 
that that album's still decisive for me. I think I got way more appreciation for the the creativity and the depth to which they went in to make that album. Yeah, I still don't one hundred percent love every song on it because those guys go to some dark places. You know, they go into some sort of atmospheric operatic rock stuff. We talked about how there's two producers on that album, but they're still like Citizen Array. Some songs that like are incredible songs. And I've got a lot of good memories from from the sort of early days of Muse. Good. You know, I might have started off with Linkin Park, but I shortly after went into Muse and, and listened to them for a good few years. Went to a couple of really great gigs. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Good shout. Good. Right. So, cracking in. What is your number four? Right. Hold on to your butts. Clench and tight. Think, I don't think you're ready for this one. So episode 26 from the 24th of October, at the drive-in, Relationship of Command. That was episode 23. Whatever. <laughs> episode 26? That was episode 23. That, episode 26 was Siren Song of the Counterculture. Great. If I, <laughs> if I, get, if I get any other details wrong, it's because uh, I got my booster yesterday, so I'm a little bit lucid. But... Um, Episode 23. From the 24th to the 10th? Yeah, that's when it was published. Great, great. 50% is still a pass in some places. <laughs> in some countries. At the drive-in, in relation, uh, at the drive-in relationship of command, I, I just thought, sort of similar to 6th, another album that tried something. And sort of like you were saying with Muse, I was absolutely aware of at the drive-in i'm absolutely aware of mars volta i knew the song one arm scissor but it was just nothing that ever really appealed to me back in the day and you know here we are you've brought it to the pod at some point in october (laughs) or or the or whatever ratio it came in and yeah it still sort of sticks with me today i really sort of it was a bit of a grower but once i started to get into it and once i started to to get, get a sort of feel for it I'm like, yeah, fuck man, this is a gem. This has got some riffs and, and it's it's pretty ballsy. So, number four, Relationship of Command. Yeah, that is one I 100% listen to on a monthly basis. Uh, it's always in there. I think it holds up today. It compares well to the music I listen to today. Um, so, the fact that I can listen to an album that is genuinely 20 years old and, you know, have the same respect for it that I did the day that the day that I first heard it to the, you know, the stuff that is, it has influenced. Yeah. Love it. Um, great choice. Absolutely. Really stunned. I, that was again, another one that I, I said, and it was once I said it, I was like, I don't think Keith's going to like this one. And I didn't to begin with, in fairness, it did, it did take me a while to sort of get behind it. But sort of once it got in there, once it got its little hooks in, I was like, nah, this is, this is pretty good. I sort of put it, I think we covered that just before I went on honeymoon. So I put it in a playlist and listened to some gems while uh, on the beach. Nice. V good. V good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it had some scandal about Scientologists and potentially dog murder. So, you know, can't ignore that. A great, an absolutely great episode to talk about because of the drama around those involved in it is, is always a belter. It's always helpful. Great conversation. Fucked story. Don't kill dogs. Never kill a dog. What about you, Lev? What's coming in at number four? I'm going to go with last week's episode, number 29, 
cons follow the leader. Wow, coming straight in, not not even not even had time to percolate. I really, as soon as I started listening to it, I just saw my, I felt myself just get transported back mm-hmm. to to a, a much simpler time, and <laughs> and I think I think it's just one of those albums. I was like, why do I not listen to this album more frequently? Did it take you back to a life less frightening? It's oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. There you go. Totally you go. took me back to a life less frightening. Took me back to a place where just just a, I guess say a simpler time where you know you just had seven strings and bounce riffs and sure, and, sure, and nothing else to worry about really. It was great. I listened to it on a few walks, and I just remember bopping my head and feeling like what this album, especially the first like five or six tracks. I think I said. I mean, unskippable, the absolutely unskippable beginning of that album. I really struggled to pick the songs to put on the playlist earlier uh, because Mm -hmm. there's just so many. I think there's so many standout songs from this album that I genuinely think it's it's wonderful. And I was I'm really pleased that we had a special guest on to elaborate further on it as well. I don't think individually we could have done it justice. Um, But definitely. Knowing Ball that we have for, for for years, he's always been a Corn fan. So it was it was really great to sort of have him on to, to to cover that and sort of share his his energy for the album because you're right, we we wouldn't have, have, have covered that as as well as we could have with without him. So no, that was that was cool. Follow the leader for me was a bit maybe a bit decisive. I know I was pretty heavy on on Field Day and Jonathan. I kind of just kept my mouth shut when you guys were talking about Dave Silviera because I don't particularly rate him either, but I didn't want to sound like just a massive hater. Like if it, if it honestly isn't for for Head and Monkey on on that album, I, there's just not much there for me to enjoy. Yeah, okay. But something about the whole thing works, you know, 80, exactly. 85% of the time. I can't I can't say it doesn't. And and yeah, like yourself, you know, I was getting into some grooves. I was getting into some whatever one finger riffs or whatever they're doing there on on the seven strings it was it was fun to go back to but it's probably not one that's going to come back into circulation for me to be clear i'm not going to be picking much other corn songs up i think it is the 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 magic moment that they have on this album sure that that seals it they the there's, there's the the magic is in its in its production, in the time it was created, everything about it, each member contributes equally to make this this wonderful portion of songs. And mm. I will, yeah, I'll, there's certainly some, like I say, struggle to pick something to go on the, the OGV playlist. I was toying with a, a good two or three that, you know, for, for we only picked three. I could have easily picked six or seven quite easily really good album really well well made album i think is the the real crucial part what a quote what was that a wonderful portion of songs well it's a wonderful the portion makes the songs the songs themselves are the what comes out the magic the magic thing yeah no it was it it did sound amazing that is almost instantly like because i don't know i've probably last time i probably listened to corn i had earbuds Okay. You know, and it was probably about hmm, 10, 12 years ago, I threw my ninth pair of earbuds in the bin for that year and moved to headphones, and I've never looked back since. I don't own a pair of buds. 
I am exclusively a headphone wanker. So to listen to Follow the Leader potentially for the first time in a set of cans and, you know, maybe some better modern speakers, holy shit, that album sounds amazing. Like, the production on it is so, so good. And I, I recognise that straight away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's one that I will... I'll now have... I, I have a newfound appreciation for it thanks to this episode that last last week's uh, that got released last week so moving on number three flying through this maybe we should have done a top 10 maybe again hold on to your butts excuse me you've already mentioned this band in your honorable mentions but it's not muse number three for me and i am fucking shocked at this personally pod satellite episode five from from 28th of May. No I'd, I'd, do you know what? Such a humble album. Like, just such a Excellent. good, you know, like, again, with some of the other, the other songs, like At The Drive-In, like, you knew Youth of the Nation, you knew Alive. I had some questionable thoughts towards the album because of its religious connotations and stuff like that. You shared a lot on that side. Oh, yeah. But it's, ah, fuck it. I enjoyed it. I found it really, really fun. Guitar it's very clean. Amor. It's a very clean album. Wholesome. Right? Wholesome. Wholesome is a very, very good way to describe it. Absolutely. And yeah, that was a, a, I already said it. I really panicked when I first, when I said it out loud, that that's going to be the next one we'll cover at the end of uh, the, you know, at the end of episode four and being like, oh, let's do Satellite by POD. And then I was like, shit, what if it's, what if it's bad? I panicked for you. I thought, oh wow, why why are we why are we doing this? But I think from what we've seen, obviously we've we've, we've been doing this for for a couple of months now. We've seen some other podcasts doing very similar things. You know, there's there's we're not the only podcast out there sort of covering new metal or whatever. Yeah. And POD is is a staple across across all of them. Everyone has covered this band. They're so highly regarded. So highly I, regarded. And I didn't know that. I, I I don't want to say I thought less of them, but I neither didn't did I. I was think they were that high up either. Yeah, exactly. This is where I think this is where the problem, they were. They were clearly. I mean, they had all the formula. They had you know they had the rap. They had the rock. They had the bounce. They had the baggy jeans and the the down tune guitars. You name it. They had the cheesy videos. And I think they were they were probably a, a later phase of new metal. You know, we talked about. So I sort of touched on that last week when talking about corn, how corn were like an early, early new metal, and then it became like your Limp Biscuits and Lincoln Parks later on, and I think POD came shortly after that in in a popularity sense, and they felt very polished. So I was always worried that they maybe were this, you know, made made for radio type band, but then mm-hmm. it's when reading about them, you discover that no, they just. They're just a wholesome bunch of dudes that got in a band to not sell drugs. Yep. Yeah. D- great, great backstory as well. Brilliant guys in my book. T- totally. Just, just dudes that were like, "Fuck it, let's let's do this. Let's not end up in the streets. Let's let's just play some music because we enjoy it." And it worked out pretty fucking well for them. So, no, P- POD. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's it's not exactly gone into my rotation of things. I'm not in love with the the bands and i'm now a massive pod fan but had it not been for the podcast i would not have listened to that album so i just thought it deserved a place on the top five that that was that was something i totally missed from many years ago and i'm glad i'm glad you had a chance to go over it 
Yeah, definitely. I think this is one of the the benefits of, of doing this podcast and something I've really enjoyed doing over the months we've we've been doing it so far is revisiting things with with a, a fresh perspective. Sure. You know, I'm not an edgy teenager anymore looking for meaning in things. I'm not a you know, I've I'm I'm a gr- I'm a grown man, I'm an adult. I'm in my 30s. I've I've laid down, you know, I've laid down my tracks to to the the rest of my life hopefully. And being able to listen to something without all that baggage of being a teenager of of, of identity and not knowing it takes you, you you see things in a different light and and i really see it as a such a, like wholesome is is the best word you could use to describe this album mickey thank you for using that it is brilliant it's, it's almost like the exact opposite of finch <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> like sorry finch to just absolutely chuck you in the bin again but like i remember just being utterly obsessed with that album and then we went back to it and i'm pretty sure we referred to it as a bin fire like there's some it's great stuff off. in there there's some great stuff in there the the uh, you know and a very highly accredited album as well with and with influencing a lot of people that sort of came along later on the the only band that comes to mind at the moment is a day to remember were influenced by finch and you know they had that sort of one of the early sort of pioneers of the clean scream sort of vocals at the same time but fuck me man that album was was a bit of a, a journey to to listen to and i enjoyed it but i also sort of found a lot more flaws in it yes than i sort of remember from 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 being like you say a kid just like you know what it is to burn just gets me, man. Like I don't need to identify with myself with music anymore. Like, I, like, I don't my, need that song. Not for that album, but one of my favourite things that I think I remember you saying in one of the episodes is when we were discussing Funeral for a Friend with Ped in episode 10 and you were talking about your revolution is, is a joke. It's like, right, okay. Your revolution is a joke, man. Yes! Like, yeah. Just yeah, that, that, like, that's that's what that sort of young mentality does to you. It clouds things. And, and nostalgia is is very much a a, a veneer, a, sh- a, a sheet that blocks out the bad memories. And what it is to burn has a few questionable moments that sure. nostalgia just erases. I mean, you. I didn't even know Daryl Plumbo was on the album until <laughs> until I looked into it. So I'd been listening to that thing for twenty years without without even realizing. Brilliant. But yeah, number three, episode five from twenty eighth of May, POD satellite. Great choice. Just just a good old good old new metal time, man. Fantastic, I love it. What was number three for you? Mine was uh, Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory for number three. Cool. And this one comes from a place of probably more of a place of regret. I I firmly regret mistreating Lincoln Park. <laughs> what a revelation! Um, I they were the butt of my jokes in the two thousand tens. You know, if 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 I was referring to someone that listened to rock music, it's like yeah, he's a Lincoln Park fan. You know, were you were you just projecting? Did oh, you actually fully. secretly love them? Well, but, like I love hybrid you were, theory. You were too hardcore to admit it. Pretty much, I'm. I'm I, <laughs> you know, I'm revealing some things here, but I definitely use them as sort of a, a I don't know, just a, a way of kind of 
deflecting like yeah, i don't like that music anymore i've grown out of that i'm not a kid anymore i like real music i like music with beat down have you heard have you heard of parkway drive <laughs> yeah yeah so i was i think i was probably i went far too hard against it and um i only listened to the first two albums i only listened to hybrid theory back to back end to end that was my soundtrack for like two months in what would have been the end of the year 2000 i think mm-hmm. but the next album meteora i remember listening to just like one or two songs like numb and that's the only one i can think of to mind and then oh, i never listened to them again i'm somewhere i belong was break, breaking the habit is that one breaking the habits on meteora and somewhere i belong okay so they're, they're literally i couldn't even somewhere i belong i can't even that one's not even coming to mind that's how that's how much Linkin Park dropped off for me. Going back to Hybrid Theory, I then revisited a lot of their music and was like, "Why did fame I write this? Well. Why did I write this band off?" Did you? Did we say Faint? I said Numb. Numb is not on that album. Faint. Numb is Numb. Track thirteen. Uh, track seven is Faint as well. The, that the was on, single. The only exception I had for Linkin Park in the near future was when they did the. Uh, they did a, a short EP with Jay Z. Yeah. So that that's what Num Num got famous when it was the Jay Z uh, collaboration one. But yeah, the album Hybrid Theory going back to it was a a lovely wave of nostalgia. It all came back to me. Every word, every note was brilliant. And researching it of all, and we don't really do the research thing much anymore. I I really enjoyed researching that album because I had it was just a fascinating sort of origin story mm-hmm. uh, and one that I was captivated by. I think I'd seen a video on YouTube which covered a lot of it, so thanks to that person. But yeah, it just gave me a, a brilliant way around it and it, it made me appreciate them a lot more. Same as you with POD. Yeah, they're not going to be in my playlists i'm not gonna wake up one morning and be like i fancy this a hybrid theory day but i have a newfound respect for it that i will shout from the rooftops to tell people like you need an album to listen to and you don't want try hybrid theory you've not listened Stick to it, it in, not listened to it in 10 or 15 years give it a shot you won't regret it yeah no absolutely and then that's that's cool like, like i say when i do come back to lincoln park i do sort of come back to their older stuff like Sorry, the, the the stuff sort of after they went less new metal. So minutes to midnight, a thousand suns is incredible. Like I, from two thousand ten, a thousand suns is give it a go. You know, just just stick it on and see how you think about a thousand suns. And then there's also after that, living things also incredible. So those two albums really got me. And then I didn't really. I sort of lost them a little bit again after that. I didn't listen to Hunting Party. And One More Light was very, very different. I mean, it has Stormzy on it. So Now, what I do understand is that listening to these, the later albums, so One More Light and The the Hunting Party, is lyrically, it's quite dark, knowing how things transpired. So... I think that that puts a new it puts new perspective on things. Uh, there's an, an album that I do listen to quite regularly, 
um, by a band called Freighting Rabbit, and I listen to the album Midnight Organ Fight, probably again once a month at least. And after the, after the singer Scott Hutchison sadly took his own life, one of the songs is literally a suicide note that he wrote ten years before it happened. Yeah, and it's brutal. It's brilliant, brilliant, lovely, still like absolutely gorgeous track. But it has a new meaning. It's the same with Linkin Park, and I think it's why the you know when I, when I said it's a it, it was at number five for me. How it's it's still at a very emotional album. Like you mm-hmm. will still go through a lot of the the songs, and you will hear Chester's lyrics, and you will hear him sing them, and you will they're in a completely different light. Don't get me wrong; like they're they're not exactly they've not gone from happy to sad. They're 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 sort of very reflective and somber lyrics but when you realize what he went on to do you're like fucking hell was he is is this song a cry for help how many times did he perform this song as a cry for help so i mean i still love lincoln park they did do things like the stuff with jay-z like reanimation that i was a bit like this is why are we doing this? This just seems to be cash-ins. I like reanimation. But, Gonna just put that in there. I know I you really do. like I know reanimation. You do. But no, man, that's that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad we've both got some similarities there in, in Lincoln Park. So number two, number two. Do we want? Uh, no, okay, we'll go for number two. Yeah, we'll do. I know. I know what you're gonna mention. Yeah, we'll do number two for each of us, and then we'll do what I think you want to do. Before announcing number one. Interesting. Let's see how that works. Number two for me, and I think it shows on the episode because we had a lot of fun talking about this. So, assuming I've got the numbers right, episode 21 from the, thank you, from the 11th of the 10th. Blink-182, man. Fucking hell. It was just so much fun going back over that album. I remember how much... I genuinely loved that. Not even to be a Blink-182 fan, but just to love that standalone album. I think Keir was amazing on the episode. He was he, he was so up for it. He's so passionate. He's so passionate. So thank you, passionate. And, and I wanted to share so much about that album. And don't get me wrong, I was I was enjoying it before we started talking about it. And then to, to talk about it with someone like Keir who was so involved in the album, it was, it was great. So number two for me was Blink-22 by Blink-22 <laughs> self-titled as, as you so much love self-titled sames sames that is my number two by the way great oh awesome so yeah but for different reason because I think and it was discussed on the episode that you you had it on in a, in a, in a shop you worked in at the time so you have yeah, memories yeah. of that my memory of the album was one of hating it and right. and really well not hate hate's a very strong word, but certainly it was a weaker album in my view at the time because it was very different to what I'd listened to. I'd like the blink where they talked about f- fucking dogs and you know having hot dogs at the ass and what no, you know, just silly silly stuff. God, dogs have had a hard time on this episode. We've gone from, from Scientologists killing them to you fucking them. Jesus. So I I really had this album in a in a different pile. It was the end of Blink One Eight Two for me. It was, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't peak Blink for me at all. And I still stand by that it's 
it stands alone as a Blink-182 album. Yeah, it's not a Blink-182 album. But fuck me, I enjoyed listening to it so much. Right? So, so much. Like, I will quite happily put that album on now in in a daily rotation. One day, I'll be walking to work, I'll be just sitting at a desk, doing whatever, in the car. That could, that album get suggested to me. Fucking play. I, I didn't, I kept on listening to it for about another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> after, after the episode, I, normally, I've just not got enough time. There's other things I want to listen to. We've had some good new releases of music this year, finally, more towards the back end of the year. Definitely. But, it was, it was just something I wasn't ready to give up, and I had such a good time listening to it that I, I kept it going for for a few weeks after the episode. Totally, can't blame you. Can't blame you for it. And even recently, put put some songs into a playlist. Yeah, strong album, and yeah, really strong guest as well. Uh, Kia brought so much to it, like you say. He, I've always known Kia as a massive Blink One Eight Two fan, so to have him talking about it so. Uh, and bring so much to the the podcast episode was was really wholesome and uh, it was lovely. Uh, yeah, great episode, great album. Can't wait. Just to yeah, just, to it again. just yeah, just just great. Just the the effort that I think we we sort of covered on on how the guys went into it and the collaboration. I mean, fucking hell, Robert Smith is on that album. You know, yeah. Who who, who expected the Cure would 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 collaborate with? Or you know Robert Smith of The Cure, Robert Smith would uh, would then go on to to write songs with with Blink Twenty Two and and the the another great story like the turmoil and the troubles the band were going through and how Tom had gone on and done what was it Tom went on and did Boxcar Boxcar this was before Plus Forty Four yeah so Boxcar Mark hadn't done anything I'll be honest Boxcar Racer is an album I was tempted to to mention around the time um kind of glad we've not covered it because it's uh, the same but not as good it's the same but not as good absolutely it's it's the the demo reel for this album and that was probably sure. the, one of the reasons i maybe held it in sort of a bit of a bit of disdain on on not quite loving it at the time because i was a huge boxcar racer fan but and this felt like oh blink have just made a boxcar racer album but th- then going back over it and again i've said this earlier in this episode already going back to something when you're in a different frame of mind is so important and yeah there's no that you're going to be in no different frame of mind than listening to it 20 years later unless you're finch i mean when you listen to it when you were 15 or 16 you give it a pass you let it off with those things sure sure 35 year old me is not going to let them call a track unfucking titled <laughs> or an album unfucking titled. That's different. No, <laughs> it's a statement of cool intent. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. We've both had the same number two. Mm-hmm. So let's have a recap. What was your number five? Number five was Muse, Muse Origin of Symmetry, episode six. Right. For me, Linkin Park. Number four, At the Drive In. Number four for me was Corn Follow the Leader, episode 29. Number three, POD, episode five. And number three is Linkin Park Hybrid Theory, episode one. And we've both gone for Blink Twenty Two, episode twenty one, for track for, for 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 our second album of the year. I think we both know what we've gone for for number one. But before we do, I think we need to say a special thanks to all the guests who've appeared on the podcast with us. 
We started off with Pedro Villani from Frontier in episode 10, where we covered all of Funeral for a Friend. I could have put a Funeral for a Friend album in here easily, but again, still in my circulation, I listen to Faf almost monthly. Literally listened to Casually Dressed the other day, like yesterday. I listened to Casually yeah. Dressed on several times. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks. That was a few weeks ago, but yeah, thank you. I got Casually well, Dressed it on, on vinyl for, um, for my birthday from my lovely wife. And I've had that playing nonstop on my turntable, and it's been a little bit fast, but we got there in the end. Oh my god! Please tell the listeners what happened because oh I was man. fucking I... ending myself when you told me this. So, a bit of context: I knew my pl- my turntable was a tiny bit fast. I've... Oh, did you? Did you? I know? did. I did because <laughs> I knew it was. It was... You told me. I knew it was a little bit off. I knew it wasn't perfect, <laughs> right? This is great. And I was like, ah, I've had I, knew tur- my, I knew my turntable was fast. I mean, I knew it was off. <laughs> I knew it was. I've had I've had it for five years, and it's been recently. I've been I've had the ability to sort of like just have a single switch to switch between different inputs. So I was just testing the you know I want to say what's the difference between vinyl and and Spotify or you know a CD and stuff. So. It wasn't until I put Casually Dressed on, which is an album I just know. I just know that album. I've listened to it so much. Yep. The moment I put it on the turntable, I was like, this doesn't sound right. This is this is wrong. This is off. This I, ca- is... I can't take this. I can take it with, with most of my other vinyls because maybe I'm just not, they're not that ingrained in my soul as, as Casually Dressed and Deep in Conversation is. But honestly, I had to change it, and I was like, "Fuck! I need to, I need to fix this." So I looked it up online and found out how to adjust my turntable. I printed out the little strobe strip thing and got a little screwdriver and turned it upside down and made some adjustments. And in fairness, I didn't know you had to go into that much detail. I thought there was maybe just a slider on the side that was just like, you know, set to two. Or oh no! It should have been at zero. God, I wish. No, no, it's a. It, I needed a, a screwdriver and a little bit of paper that has a, a special type printed thing for European power grids and stuff. Honestly, far too much detail. If anyone ever wants to get into vinyl, don't. It's just a chore. So there I am in the kitchen and you text me. I've been listening to LPs at, you know, 0.2 times faster for the last five years. And I fucking ended myself. Like I was gone like i just it was so funny because <laughs> you you're, you 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 love your lp so much and your system is fucking sick and so sweet but just to hear that maybe it just wasn't right for the last five years i don't know there's an irony there that it's just a savage humor so uh i was i was i was a godder man but thanks for sharing so anyway anyway continuing on thanking our guests after so after we had episode Ted, 10 Ped from from Teeter. Thanks, Ped. Uh, episode 10. Tony Martoni, episode 15 for Rated R, Queens of the Stone Age. We had Jamie Turnbull come on, episode 18, where we did a doubler. Yes. We covered Hell is for Heroes and 100 Reasons. We did do a doubler. That's good. That was a good episode. That was an interesting episode. We, I think we inadvertently compared the bands too much. We did. Unfair, definitely unfairly because then the, you, the, you can't really compare them but they were out around the same time and yeah. they would have spoken the same audiences and given that they're due to play um, together next year who knows thanks yeah, Omicron not the, 
Thank um, you. We'll, uh, we Overcome shall see. Prime. Yeah, um, it was an interesting episode to do a doubler on and two really good bands. And I think Jamie clearly had a, a lot of love uh, for 100 Reasons that he brought to that. So thanks, thanks, Jamie. And uh, Tony for, for Rated R. Rated R was sort of a, a comeback after you, we had a, a short break. Someone uh, got married. Someone got married. Um, Spoilers, it was me. And it was a, it was a really strong strong episode to come back on. I really enjoyed talking about that album and, and that band as well. Really good. Decisive for me because I'm not I have I have had my my go with Queens of the Stone Age mm. over the years. I've had friends that have been massive fans and have tried to get me into them and I never have. So to force myself to listen to it for the benefit of the pod was a challenge I initially was not looking forward to. But having Tony on and, and discussing it from his perspective was great. So, and I've still got monsters in my parasol, monsters in your parasol in my head. Good. So you should. So often. Yeah, I don't know if I should. But it's a belter. Thanks, Tony. And then we had Kier Jameson, episode 21, Blink 22, we've just discussed. Yeah. Thank you, Kier. Episode 22, Gaz, Gaz Clinton, Gary came on to help us talk about. All of Rage Against the Machine, one of my favourite episodes. Great episode, um, rightly so. I really enjoyed going over the discography. There wasn't a moment in listening to any of it. I, I was like, I wanted to skip. It was a, a great experience and one I would gladly live through again. And it was an excellent chat with Gary as well. He's clearly got a lot of well-formed opinions on it, which which helped us, I think, you know, saved us from the, the monotony of, of sort of backslapping the album or whatever. I think Gary came up with some really strong points and it was, a again, possibly our strongest episode, I'd say. I still, to this point, laugh when I think about Tom Morello just being a bit of a fanny. <laughs> He's been mental, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, 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 just not really being... Maybe being a bit too much of too much of a dad celebrity, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was watching it. I was I've got him on Instagram and I got the notification yeah. that he started a, a live video and I was like, Oh fuck it, let's see what's going on here. And uh someone went up to him and was just like, Tom, tell me about this guitar and it's his, you know, Arm the Homeless guitar, really famous guitar of his. And he was like, This is the shittest, cheapest guitar I could buy. It was his first guitar. And he's upgraded everything. So it's yeah. For any any of our listeners in Britain, any fans of only fools of horse, fools and horses, you'll know the phrase "triggers brush." Yeah, yeah. So he's replaced the handle, he's replaced the head, but it's still triggers brush. It's the best brush he's ever had. He's the same same brush. <laughs> but he calls it's a, it's exactly the same brush. I've had this yeah, brush yeah. for twenty five years. Everything's been changed to it. So that's effectively it. And it was a really funny little thing. But yeah, every time I see Tom Morello now, uh, Gary has uh, ruined <laughs> ruined that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. And of course, finally, Craig Russell on the last episode, episode 29, for Corn Follow the Leader. So thanks to all our guests for contributing to the pod. Yeah, so... I've got one, before we go for the top one... Go for it. I've got one more tease. I've got one more thing to, to milk this out. People are like, just fucking get to the point. But I don't know if we want to... Uh, these are our favourite episodes, our favourite albums. Do we just want to go over one or two wooden spoons? Yeah, let's let's talk. We've kind of we've kind of already talked about them. But I just I just had this idea. I thought it'd be funny. Let's 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 talk about the dunce list. The, the dunce, dunce list. The... Fucking hell! 
Fucking straight up dunce number one, and I'm gonna say it with pride because it was one of mine. It was fucking Golden State. Oh my god! What a so. I, I I had to challenge myself for this one. I had to talk about this album because it was important at the time. Yep. It was shite then, and it's shite now. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I fucking hated that album. Like it was mince <laughs> so so just oh. bland and boring and flat and then you look at the un- album cover the album cover is fucking beige it's a warning <laughs> oh, it absolutely is it's it was and of course the uh credit to gavin rosdale and being a successful musician in the band and whatever but good lord that album has not got a lot on it for i me. i and after after listening to Golden State, I went on eBay to buy their previous album, Razorblade Suitcase. A terrible, terrible name. I, name aside, the album is a hundred times better than Golden State ever was. Golden State is just this beige, bland, fucking pa- pasta with no sauce. It's nothing. It's complete rubbish. But well, I'm I'm really glad that you brought you know dry pasta to to the a yeah, dry uncooked off pasta. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, uh, it's not okay. That, it's not off. There's nothing off about it. It's just poor. I've been I've been vocal on Bush throughout some of the episodes. I've I've definitely mentioned at times before that I was displeased with the uh, the Bush episode or the album, shall we say? Yeah. But uh, yeah, a definite wooden spoon and and the listeners would agree unfortunately not not the the biggest wooden spoon it's not there's one that shocked us blew our minds like we genuinely thought it would be you know a a popular episode at least we were we were hyped up about it weren't we obviously you, you you came down to england and we it was the only episode we've recorded in the same room together but yeah, the you lovely listeners maybe don't care about Killswitch Engage. It's so surprising, given the name. We they are our namesake. Given the name, yep. We genuinely thought we'd have more Killswitch Engage fans engaged with the uh, with the sound. Uh, with, Instead, with the they pod. just hit the kill switch and didn't give a fuck. Yeah, we talked about all the albums. We were in the room together. The conversation I feel was one of our most productive. Uh, it could sure. have gone on. I feel like we could have gone on for hours, and we we trimmed it down to a mere one hour and thirty five minutes. Did we talk about race car is race car backwards for an hour and forty five minutes? No, it's an hour and ten. Don't know what you're looking at. Oh, I've got one minute forty five left to listen to. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it, couldn't, couldn't even make it to the end. I'm boosted, man. I'm boosted. Yeah, the... Uh, right, okay, enough about race cars, race car backwards. Yeah, so the, the actual Wooden Spoon, the least listened to episode, is, is the Kill Switch episode, where, where yeah, we, th- we thought we were on to a bit of a winner with that one. Listeners, you disagree, and you did not give a single fuck about Kill Switch. You, you voted with your clicks, and... More people listen to Bush. Are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of yourself? Do, do you know what you've done? To us... Blue man, nah, you're all right. Blue you're man, all right. Thanks very much. I thought that was funny. I just thought we had to sort of talk about, talk yeah. about that. For, um, for I'm fine bit. with that. I'm absolutely fine with that because as much as as much as Killswitch 
is is the lowest episode. I still had an, a fun time listening to the albums and talking about it, importantly. Bush, I did not enjoy listening to, and it was a real struggle to bring that one out, so, yeah. Yeah, Killswitch could have been another one on, on the top five as well, but I still listen to Killswitch. They're still, you know, what? it was fun to revisit the albums so entirely, Yeah, but I didn't really learn anything new from it you know it was just it was just a, an appreciation fest wasn't it totally totally so without further ado drum roll insert sound effect what was your number one album to talk about on the podcast episode 12 from the 16th of july Bleed American by Jimmy World. Ditto. Fucking what an album. I I failed to put into words what, what happened here because I, so have, I. I have no idea. This this was a this was an album I listened to. This was a band I listened to on the regular up to a point. <laughs> And this I, never, I listened to up to a point. Well, just they just fell away, just just moved on. And fuck me, this album's brilliant. It's it's clearly one of those things that we were talking about where you're older, you're listening to it with either less and or more baggage. I don't know. You know, you're in a different frame of mind. You can you can appreciate it from from a different level. And Jimmy World are not a band that I was into when I was younger. Yes, I liked the sweetness and yes i liked in the middle but i had no idea this album existed i had never heard any of the other songs at all authority song a praise chorus any of it yeah and i genuinely genuinely love this album it is incredible it is a flawless album and 10 out of 10 it was even more fascinating just researching it and and finding that the album almost never existed and how much they got fucked over early on in their career to then have the best or oh, from from a listener's perspective a fantastic career of of releasing great albums now i i was on the fence with this album bring it up because i was either going to be this one or their next album futures okay which is full of bangers can't can't deny it's full of bangers but i went with this one because i think it there's something about it that i was like i want to talk about it and i couldn't put my finger on it when i was a kid but i just liked this album and it's as a as a mid-30s parent grown up again different baggage (laughs) it just it resonated so well and every track is an absolute delight to listen to i'm gonna i'm gonna revert my 10 out of 10 status oh because as i said on the episode there's maybe one song i could i could do without it doesn't do much for me i don't think it's in the same league as the rest of the song and it's get faster but that only takes it down to 9.9 out of 10 because i still think the album's fucking incredible okay fair enough i i absolutely love the album Especially the ending, I, I, I never, oh. I never oh appreciated God. it as a as a kid. The feels the feels of my sundown, it and you know and reading this. I think this is where this one kicks in is because 
when you read about the making of this album, how they basically had to sacrifice everything. They'd been led on by a record company from early early on in their career and got dropped with their previous album practically. And then you've got a song at the end of the next album that they pour blood, sweat and tears into. And it's about people not giving a shit about your creations. Yeah. And this was the album that broke them. This was the album that made them fucking superstars, in my opinion. Incredible story, yeah. And it just, it it makes, it was, I think it was the collection of reading about it and then really listening to this song and understanding it. It's like, it was written as if, if this album wasn't successful, if this album hadn't reached the heights that it had, that they would have just given up. It's such a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm welling up talking about it. I've not. I've. I've. I've actually not gone too much beyond this album. I think I listened to a couple of tracks afterwards. But th- this album, this podcast, has put this album in my rotation. I mean, we even put this. You and I had a moment across the room at my wedding where yeah. I think. What did I put in your house? Maybe I think it was praise chorus. It was either praise was chorus praise or authority chorus? song. Don't think it was authority song. It could have even been cautioneers. Doesn't matter. But you know, I knew the songs in the playlist. Yeah. While we're having our meal, and I heard it come on, and I just looked at you, and it took you just a couple of seconds longer to figure it out. But I watched you like turn your head, recognize the song. Oh, it's Jimmy Eat World, and then you sort of looked for me, and then we both just had a moment across the room where we were like, fucking. Yes, I mean, because just to be just to be absolutely clear to the audience, I was absolutely burst at your wedding. So, weren't we all? Oh God! Oh God! That is that is my twenty twenty peak twenty twenty one was was your wedding. But this is what I mean. This 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 album left such an impression on me so quickly that I put it in the fucking playlist for for for, for my wedding day. Do you know what I mean? And and in, in, in the space of what we listen listen to this in July. It's of a month. That's fantastic. This this song earned the, 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 these songs earned a place in, in 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 my wedding day for fuck's sake. So I, I can't I can't praise it enough. P- praise chorus as well. It's just <laughs> wonderful and, and and everything about it. Again, get faster. A little bit of a disappointment, but I'm just being too harsh on that song because I hold the rest of the album in such high regard. Yeah, it's a song of ten out of ten and one nine out of ten song. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, Entirely. wonderful album. If anyone has not listened to it, ah, just take take what is it, forty minutes out of your life. Just sit down. Six minutes and forty two seconds. Put put some headphones on. Just listen to it. Listen to the words. Read the lyrics. Spotify now has lyrics. And breathe it in. If you want to listen to the episode episode twelve, we you know I I, I talk a bit about the history of it. They they did get absolutely shafted by was it Capitol Records on their previous record it got uh, Clarity got got shelved effectively until it got fortunately one song leaked and got picked up for a movie but they had to they had to absolutely set they sold everything they they just threw themselves in a van and toured and made as much money as they possibly could and then they made this wonderful wonderful record thank you jimmy world for making just something so beautiful and amazing 
Oh, 100%. I mean, even Bob Egg touched on it last week. You know, we sort of put him on the spot and said what was his top five. And yeah. the first thing that he came out with was, was Jimmy Eat World as well. And I was like, oh shit, spoilers. We need to, That's lovely. Fuck off. We'll veer away from this. But yeah, even, even have Bob sort of like touch on it there as well was 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 pretty great so yeah to, to, to say that i had never heard of this album before it, it's existed for 20 years and and now I, I genuinely deeply love this album great times what 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 uh an experience from the pod to to find one album that i now never listened to before and now i do yeah and that's what I hope to continue doing. I would love to keep this. It's not just about revisiting. I I like to, I love discovering new albums. Yeah. And having having the ability to discover an album that's 20, 22 years old, even better. I think it's albums that have stood the test of time. No, absolutely agreed. And well, I think we're in for a pretty exciting year next year. We've still got loads to cover we're only up to really 2004 yeah and that is when the the explosion happens yeah some some genres are gonna are gonna change spoiler for one of the albums i know some false idols will fall it is gonna be one hell of a year talking about the next few albums that i look forward to sharing with you and I'm, i'm looking forward to you sharing yours with me as well We've got bands like. What have we got coming up? We've well, God, I've not the big at, one. I've not looked at this for a long time. The big one that we uh, we we need to sort of sort out for ourselves is Slipknot. Oh God, yeah, we need to talk about that band a lot. Mastodon are coming up. A Devil Sold the Soul are coming up. Still Remains are coming up. Protest the Hero are going to come up. There's still yeah. so much to cover. You know, we've only really thirty episodes. We've only really touched the first sort of two, three years of our of our listening habits. So, yeah, I hope uh, hope it, everyone's enjoying the shit that we're putting out. Thanks for for coming back every every other week that we actually managed to <laughs> don't fuck up the audio or, or get an episode out only once. And um, only once. True. Or we just take a, a week off. Because we're old. <laughs> well, we'll be taking, I think, about a month off at this. Yeah. At the current rate, so the next episode will be coming out in February. We'll see. Something like that. Something. We'll put out. We'll put out some some notifications on the socials as to to what we're expecting. Yeah. What were your favorite albums? Please tell us. Let us know when. You know, tell give us give us a DM, give us a shout, drop us a comment. What was what was what was the episode or the album of the ones that we've covered that truly stood out for you? Have we changed your mind? Have we opened your eyes to something you'd never considered before? Or is there one is there an opinion that we've had that you just like, nah, fuck you guys, completely off the mark. Tell us. Let us know. It'd be really interesting to hear from you. How much did you love Bleed American? Are you uh, speaking to me? Ten. Ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not speaking to you. I'm not fucking about you. We've just talked about it. Listeners, how much did you love Bleed American? Or, yeah, anything anything you think we've missed? I mean, th- th- this is our list of what we can remember, but there's definitely stuff we keep on talking about that we keep on adding in. Yeah. So if, if there was any pivotal albums for... Pivotal? Pivotal? Pivotal. There it is. Let us know, and, and maybe we can we can slide, slide them in. But 
yeah, that's that's been twenty twenty one for AOGB and not not a shabby start. Good. Strong start. Thank you. For two for two guys that were just bored as fucking lockdown. Yeah. And it's been a good release. So thank you, Keith, for being the ear to bed. Aww. Thank you, Lav. Thank you for, for being there for me too. Thank you to all of our guests. And very much so. Thank you to Wikipedia for providing us with endless material to talk about. Thank uh, God so much. Thank you to our listeners. Keep coming, keep coming back. Keep showing us those stats. Keep giving us some chat in the Instagram. The bots that reply to us love you too. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember what they want us to, to promote it on. I'm just still, I'm still waiting for them to promote. They it. won't promote it. It's so annoying. This the shit bots. God, fucking <laughs> but is that us? Are we done? Are we done for the year? Are we signing off? I think we are signing off for 2021. Have a Merry Christmas. By the time this episode comes out, it will be after Christmas. So have a very happy new year to you and your kin. Have a great seasonal holiday, whatever you do or don't do. Personally, I think Christmas should end because it's a fucking capitalist scam. But do you know what? I do like Marks and Spencer's Christmas turkey sandwiches. So I'm okay with some of them. Keep it coming. Keep the stuffing flowing. Yeah, why not? Why not? And uh, on that note, Lav, maybe take us home. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Alive or Just Blethering. Please check us out on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at AOGB Podcast for any updates, memes, and episode posts. We'll be posting up a story about the inst- on Instagram of all the previous episodes with links. Uh, if you ever want to revisit any of the previous episodes, please do. And again, as we've said, please drop us a comment, drop us a like, drop us a DM. Let us know what you think. Can't wait for 2022. Thank you very much for listening so far. Goodbye. Goodbye. We wish you a merry scam mess and a fucking lockdown.